Hey guys, it's Nina, and this is the Blip on the Map podcast. This week will round up my family series for the month of September. Um, and today I'm going to share my adoption story. So stay tuned. I know a lot of people talk about adoption from the perspective of being adopted, but today I'm going to talk about adoption from the perspective of giving a child up for adoption. So the majority of my family, I think, knows, well, my immediate family for sure knows that I have been pregnant three times and I have birthed three children. All of my children are alive and well. My last child was a girl, my daughter, that I gave up for adoption. Um... First and foremost, let me say that I did not give my child up for adoption just because I didn't want my daughter. Let me put that out there. Um, A lot of times I feel like, well, no, not I feel like, it's been my experience that when you give a child up for adoption, like you're villainized really and you know right now in this day and age in 2019 like there's so much uproar in the political climate about a woman's rights to choose in regards to abortion or whatever and you know like I agree with that for the most part you know it's everybody's choice you know but that wasn't my choice But my choice was adoption and for the most part, I feel like I've been made out to be a villain because I've given my child up for adoption. Like that was just like the worst thing to do. Me personally, like I stand by my decision even right now today, like with my situation and everything, I stand by my decision. If I had to do it all over again, I would totally do everything the same. Um, mainly just because I still feel like I don't have. the emotional bandwidth to provide for another child I guess if that's what I want to say or not even just another child but a female child so yeah like that was like the main deciding factor in me not keeping my daughter is because my relationship with just my parents as a whole but in particular like my mother 
just caused me not to have the confidence to be able to raise a daughter without inflicting unintentional hurt or trauma or whatever I don't know that was one of the main reasons I just did not feel like I had enough wisdom I had enough knowledge to raise a girl period like that's that's how I felt um Aside from the fact that at the time when I was pregnant with her, like my living situation and my financial situation was trash. Like me and my boys were living in my car in the parking lot of a hospital at the time for a few months until I kind of like got myself together and got a place or whatever. Um, so I guess I can just start at the beginning. So... I was living in Florida. Um, I was about 22 years old. Um, and I was just like really making, just trying to just trying to make the best, I guess, of my life or whatever. I don't know. I was 22. Like, I wasn't really making the best decisions, I suppose. No, I wasn't making the best decisions. So, I got had gotten pregnant by someone that I was really just having a fling with. Um, and I really did plan on being on some type of birth control, but... I don't know like things just kind of happened and I never really did so long story short I wound up getting pregnant or whatever I'm not gonna say by some random dude because I knew full, full well who he was like you know he wasn't just like some rando rando like it was just like a fling I guess um and I knew immediately when I realized that I was pregnant, I knew immediately that I was not going to keep this baby. I knew it immediately. Like, I just, you know, I don't know. Some people can say, like, when you're pregnant with a different sex, you totally know. And when I got pregnant with this baby, I knew I was pregnant with a girl. And I knew I immediately I wasn't going to be able to keep her because I just didn't feel like I had what it took to raise no daughter, period. So, that was my plan from day one. Um, so, I was living in Florida. While I was yet pregnant, um, I moved to South Carolina to be closer to my family because my mom and my grandmother had already left Florida at the time. And I just, you know, just was kind of going through a lot of drama with um, Siddiqui's dad and like it was just like a whole lot and I just just being pregnant on top of that just didn't help so moved closer to family or whatever to South Carolina um and if I'm gonna be honest like the support wasn't there either like it just wasn't like it was just a lot of I guess back and forth 
with my mom or whatever. And it was just like, you know, I don't know. It was just a lot. So, like, I was staying between, like, my mom and my grandmother's house. But it was just like, I just... I just needed to be on my own, in my own space. Even though, like, I really didn't have shit. Like, I just didn't have shit. So... And I don't even know, like, if a lot of that back and forth was just out of just disappointment, out of stress, out of not knowing how to communicate, but it wasn't, it just wasn't the best. So, um, I was speaking to my grandmother about it or whatever, and I think when my grandmother realized that I was really, really serious about not keeping this baby she kind of went into action um and she set things up for my daughter to be adopted so that was a blessing in and of itself because right now today like I know where she is I know who she's with I don't see her like face to face but like I'm constantly updated just by way of family or whatever so there's that um when it came time for me to have the baby or whatnot her adoptive mother was there my mother was there and that was it um I'm getting really emotional so I just had like a regular delivery you know it wasn't anything extensive um my doctor and you know the people at the hospital were aware of the situation and knew that you know the baby was going to be adopted and um so like I said my mom and her adoptive mom were there while I was in labor and right when I delivered her I had asked everybody to just to step out and Um, I just kind of took some time to just look at her. All my children were beautiful when I had them and she was no exception. She was beautiful. I could see my grandmother Doreen in her face. She had freckles across her face and nose right up underneath her eyes like all of my children have like my grandmother Doreen has she had hands like me she had her father's nose she had these incredibly deep dimples oh my god she had a head full of hair I remember how she smelled.
and I just kind of like took a minute and just I just prayed over her because that's all I could think to do was just take a minute just meet her and God and just prayed over her that she would be okay because I knew the best thing for her was not me and I hold to that today like as a parent I feel like it's our job to give our kids the best and I wasn't the best for her and I knew it like I just was not the best for her so I could even sense like when I first asked like my mom and her adoptive mom to leave like I really think that I could just feel that maybe her adoptive mom thought that I was going to change my mind or whatever but I I wasn't like that wasn't my intention that was never a thought in my mind like I knew that outside of nurturing her to this point in her life to being born into this world that's all that I had to give her I didn't have I didn't have I didn't have anything to give her emotionally financially I just didn't have it I was just at that point in time in my life like I was just like a piss poor mother to the two boys that I already had it was just ridiculous the situations that I had them in and the way that they were raised up it was just awful and I just couldn't see myself just continuing to do that so I just knew that the the best thing for her was not me that was a fact that was apparent so I took my time and I really looked at her and I prayed over her or what have you and you know I spent about what two days in the hospital and like she was there with me I nursed her for those few days I gave her as much of myself as I could and I took in as much of her as I could because I didn't know what the future would hold you know and it was to this day like the hardest thing that I've ever had to do um yeah so then God came time to leave the hospital or whatnot and I came home without the baby. Nathaniel had to be about I don't know three or four. No, he had to be like four or five. He was older. And my God, my child could not understand why I did not come home with the baby he kept asking me mama where's the baby like what happened to the baby like where's the baby
was too small. He couldn't understand. And he went ax and ax and ax. And I was telling him, you know, that the baby had to go and stay with somebody else. And he just, he was just, he was four. He couldn't understand, like, why. So, you know, time passed and I would see her, her first birthday, I bought gifts and her parents were always so gracious um you know and while she was very little you know that first year I was kind of around you know what I'm saying but just kind of in the backdrop or whatever just in the background or whatnot you know so um just kind of like as time progressed or whatever you know life goes on and I'm just out here you know living my life every year on her birthday it's just like time stops and I just remember being in that hospital bed with her and looking at her face and holding her and smelling her um and I just I miss her. I know it's kind of weird to say that you miss somebody that you don't really know, but I miss her. Um and when I was talking earlier about like when you give a child up for adoption, you're kind of villainized because you know, people are just like, oh my God, like, how could you? And, you know, like, people openly just, you know, look at you some type of way. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, they say things, you know what I'm saying? That it's just very inconsiderate when. They're not the ones helping you to put a roof over anybody's head. They're not, you know, fucking you, feeding you, nor financing you. But they have so much to say about your life choices, about a child that you carried in your womb. You know what I'm saying? Like, my family took it personal as if I reached into their womb and snatched a child out of them that's how they that's that's how it was and you know it wasn't like all the time and it wasn't like no you know what I'm saying like you know like every time they would just beat me down but it would just be like so random like if the if she would come up in a conversation or something you know what I'm saying like people would just say just real you know off stuff to me and it wouldn't be like and you know like a rah 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 hateful type of way but it would just be like real sly comments like you know like oh you took my baby away from me or 
you know what I'm saying like stuff like that like oh you know you you could have just kept that baby you just you know just didn't want to or whatever like Or even if not saying anything, you know, off-putting to me, but just like having an urge to want to go and tell everybody, oh, yeah, that's not really so-and-so's baby. That's really Nina's baby. You know what I'm saying? Like, because obviously I didn't carry that baby. They did. So they felt like, you know, it was their place to just, you know, let everybody know because they feel like you know what I'm saying something has been stolen from them like I have family members that say things like well one day the truth is gonna come out and she's gonna know as if someone is purposely keeping her from them like right now she would be 15 and me personally I don't feel like this type of information is fit for a 15 year old me personally I don't I don't think so I would hope that her adoptive parents would let her know do I think they will? No. But if they do, I would hope that it would be when she's older, like totally older, self-sustaining, emotionally emotionally stable. Um that's what that would be my hope. And I've spoken to her mother over the years. Because it's been several times when there's been events and um, certain family members have been present. And, you know, they see her and they talk to her and they say things to her like, do you know who I really am? You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I just feel like it's selfishness, really. Because they feel like somebody stole a child out of their own womb when that's not the fact I carried that baby I delivered that baby I say what's best for my children period nobody makes these decisions for me because I'm the one that's been holding it down 10 toes down for all these years taking care of all of my kids and I say taking care of all of my kids because I took care of her too. Because I saw to it that she was with the family and she's well taken care of and she is well taken care of. That's a fact. I kept seeing pictures of her and I keep up with her and she is fine. She is healthy. She is loved. She is provided for. She has everything so much more than I could have given her. And it really is very frustrating and it's very hurtful that I have family members that just feel like she was their child or something and somebody stole her. That's how they feel. That's how they act. That's what their words and actions portray. And it's it's frustrating and hurtful.
um, now that my boys are older, you know, I we've kind of talked about it. Well, me and they have talked about it because he holds it more, I think. Because he just kind of remembers everything. He's one of those kids that remember being two years old. Like, literally. Like, he can have vivid memories of being two. So, he remembers everything. And, you know, a lot of times. And I think it just comes with being the oldest. He just kind of carries a lot of responsibility unnecessarily. Um, And there came a time when I had to talk to him and let him know that one me deciding not to keep her was had nothing to do with him personally and that it was my decision to make and it was you know my burden to carry that he didn't have to feel responsible I don't know why he got to a point to where he felt responsible but I don't know I think that's the oldest child thing because I feel that same responsibility towards my siblings so you know, I understood it, but I wanted him to know that it wasn't his responsibility. But I know that he kind of subconsciously is just like waiting for her to come around, waiting for him to be able to say, I'm your brother or whatever. Now, Siddiqui, I don't know if he remembers me being pregnant. Um, but he full well knows who she is. Um, I share pictures of her with them so that they know, like, you know, who she is, what she looks like in the event, you know, they out and about and they run across her or whatever. Um, and yeah, like she's 15, she's beautiful. Um, and she's happy. And I think I couldn't want for anything more for her outside of being happy and healthy um she's very well taken care of very well loved and um yeah like that's about it I guess um but yeah like just to kind of reiterate like Giving my child up for adoption was definitely the hardest thing that I have done in my life to date. But doing the right thing isn't always easy. Doing what's best is not always easy, especially when it comes down to your children. I hurt over the situation only just because. I am her mother and I know that I missed everything. You know what I'm saying? And it and it is unfortunate. Um, but I knew it was necessary. Um she was my last child after that I had my tubes tied because I just wasn't about to be in the business of having kids that I'm not wasn't able to take care of and um yeah 
that was kind of a hard decision to make too um believe it or not like it was a hard decision to make to you know get my tubes tied to consciously decide not to have kids anymore um but I just felt like it was the best decision at the time and it was you know it really was was hard but it was the best decision I remember I had a Bahamian doctor Dr. Benjamin and my god that man did not want to tie my tubes he didn't want to he asked me and 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 asked me up until the time we they was wheeling me into the OR like he kept asking me are you sure you want to do this you sure you want to do this you sure you want to do this you're so young your life could change so many different ways are you sure you want to do this and I was like yeah I want to do this like my goodness man like just do it already he did not Dr. Benjamin did not want to tie my tubes he didn't he didn't want to do it but I knew it was something that I I needed to do because I wasn't about to stop fucking I can tell you that and I just did not want to run the risk of having to make such a painful and hard decision ever again in my life like that that was so hard and it was so painful and hurtful but I knew that I wasn't the best thing for her and so I had to give her up but you know when I think about adoption and what I know of adoption and how other people's adoption stories have gone I count myself fortunate because like I said I know exactly where she is I know exactly who she's with I know that she's just now learning how to drive and that you know she's just loved and celebrated like yeah so I count myself blessed to even say that I know where she is and if need be I could get to her so yeah that was my third blessing because she's definitely still a blessing even though she was not with me for the majority of her life she well every time I see her she still brings so much joy to my life just just being able to look at her face you know just being able to get pictures of her and things um and seeing how well she's doing and how well she's taken care of at such random times like I get pictures at such random times and it always seems like it's just the right time and it just kind of eases me so yeah um yeah I think that's that on that yeah so I don't know 
I guess I just want to say like for any family that might be listening to this like I guess everybody's entitled to feel how they feel but like honestly some things are just better kept to yourself because at the end of the day it wasn't your choice it wasn't your child and not placing blame on anybody but the fact of the matter is like I did not have support I didn't like I just didn't so the fact of the matter is like I had to do what I felt was best for my child and hate it or love it like it or not approve of it or not like you've got to respect it like that's it like you just have to respect it you don't get to make those decisions for me have I always made the best decisions in life no but at the same time I've made the tough decisions I've owned I've stood by my decisions and I know a lot of my family members don't even look at me as an adult like sometimes for whatever reason I don't even know because like I've been out here on my own for quite some time and a lot of times like it's just such a fight it's such a fight because they don't want to respect that I make my own choices outside of them and hate it or love it you have to respect it like you can't it ain't nothing you can do about it you know but feel some type of way I guess you know so and I try to be respectful and I try to be understanding that you know the decisions that I make do affect other people but I know that I'm not out here doing anything to hurt anybody you know what I'm saying like that's not how I have lived my life up until this point and I would like to think that my family knows that but sometimes when it comes to this issue that's not how they act they act like somebody's stolen something from them they act like you know somebody's keeping a child away from them against their will and that that is not that's that's not the case this is a decision that i made and i would ask that y'all respect it and stop trying to drop hints every time you get in her presence and you know walking around with an attitude oh sooner or later the truth is gonna come out and she gonna find out what happened like that negative attitude towards the whole situation like it's uncalled for it's unnecessary really ain't nobody holding that child against her will and at the end of the day she's still a child she's still a child and certain things children don't need to know maybe one day she'll find out and she'll come around 
Maybe one day she'll find out and not want to come around. Maybe she won't never find out. But as outside family members who didn't carry this child, it's really not your place to even speak on it or... You know what I'm saying? Just, it's just not your place. Like, you just, it's just an overstep of boundaries, period. So, like I said, hate it or love it, you gotta respect it because it's nothing that, you know, you can do about it. What's done is done. And right now, today, I still stand by my decision and still feel like I made the best decision for her. Not for me, but for her. Not for anybody else, but for her. Because I still don't have what it takes to raise a daughter. I did not want my child to be raised the way that I was raised. And I didn't want to pass on the things to her that was passed on to me. Like, you know, sometimes the best that you can do is what you've learned. And I think that's why I say a lot of times that I was a piss poor mother to my boys. Because, like, sometimes I would react and be so harsh because that's how I was raised with a hard hand. And I didn't, I didn't want to, I did not want to give any of that negative energy any of that energy to my daughter period because it has taken me so long to just even work through that even with my boys even at that time like it was so many things that I had to just like you know work hard not to do and then it was times when I would just do something or say something to them and I would immediately be like, fuck, like I shouldn't have said that to them or I shouldn't have did that to them. Or you know what I'm saying? Like it was it it was just it was just a lot to just kinda acknowledge bad behavior, bad learned behavior and correct it at twenty two. It it was just a lot especially with no blueprint so yeah okay so now I think I said everything and got it off my chest (sighs) this was hard to share myself together now um that was like really kind of hard to get out but I'm really kind of glad that I got it out um yeah so you've been listening to a blip on the map podcast um you can follow us at a blip on the map podcast on instagram and twitter um you can also follow me on instagram at 305 Stilo. That's 305 underscore S T E E underscore L O W. Um, yeah, so I guess that's it. I'm not sure 
if I'm going to do a theme next month, I kind of think that I am. Um, this podcast is like so therapeutic to me. Oh my God. So I'm kind of liking the way this is going with me just kind of talking for right now. Um, so I think I may keep up the trend next month. So stay tuned. Thank you for listening. Bye.